Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday, my friends. And of course, welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talks about Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, you can check me out on Drive Time, Tuesday to Friday. One of those days is today from 4pm. I'm alongside Charlie Austin. Oh, just get on with it. Okay, fine. Now, we begin the podcast with the show, whatever you want to call it, with the Chelsea manager, Thomas Tickle Tickle. Speaking ahead of their Champions League game with Real Madrid tonight, live on TalkSport. Now, the Blues, of course, go into the match at the Bernabeu, although everyone, for some reason, about eight years ago, started calling it the Bernabeu, but it's the Bernabeu. They go into the game 3-1 down on aggregate. So, do they have any chance at all? Obviously, no, but here's Thomas Tuchel's thoughts on almost an impossible task. Maybe not the biggest chance, given uh, given the first the first game's result and given uh, uh, the, the the competition and and the opponent and the, the stadium we play in. But we never manage our input and our effort and our our belief by the chances we have for a result. We um, we never did, and we don't. We will not start start tomorrow by uh, giving less because uh, because it's very unlikely that we make it. It is unlikely, but it's worth trying, and we will try. And trying means that we will uh, we will play to our fullest, and we will play to to the full limit, because this is what we do, and we never manage our in- input and investment by the chances of having a, a, a result. So this is what it is. It's a it's a it's a big night, and it's a big match, and and uh, we will try to be in a better shape and uh, in a better condition, like in the first match. So you're telling me there's a chance. So, is Liverpool-Man City's rivalry the biggest ever in English football? Well, apparently not, according to Moni Moni Simon Jordan, and I agree with him for once. We'll hear from Adrian Durham and Neil Warnock in a moment, but first, here's the Times' Henry Winter claiming Sunday's mega-clash was the perfect advert for English football. What a game of football, end-to-end, from first minute to last. It was outstanding, but honours even at the end of the game. Man City 2, Liverpool 2. It's one of those games that gets hyped up for weeks, days, and actually it lives up to expectations. So much respect between you know the, the, the teams, two brilliant managers. I mean, you've only got to look at the four substitutes they put on, Grealish, Mahrez, Firmino, Diaz. I mean, you know they, they weren't <laughs> sitting back. They were absolutely going for it. And you look at some of the football on view. I mean, when 
where we sit in the press box, we just saw Joe Cancelo sort of about to whatever, 20 rows in front, just dribbling past Mo Salah, who's a contender for Football of the Year, going past Jordan Henderson, who's, you know, fantastic in the second half, driving Liverpool forward. It was just attack, attack, attack. And it was just a great advertisement for those two clubs for, for English football. And you could see why the world stopped and tuned in. I enjoyed that game. Because they're the best two teams I have ever seen in my career. We're just waiting now for the VAR. It is going to it. And I think it has been given as offside. Yeah, Raheem Sterling was in an offside position. I would have loved to have seen Sterling's goal allowed. I don't think he got any advantage by his shoulder being offside. I mean, for me, that, I mean, that's a goal that might stand next year when they tweak the rules. So that was a bit frustrating because if that goal had stood, Liverpool would have had to come out a bit more and it could have led to even more jeopardy, which I think could have been fantastic. And then the Mahrez miss must be so frustrating for Man City fans. And I'm thinking about it now, and, and I'll put you on the spot here, about who's going to win it. And clearly, City have got the, the advantage right now. But in terms of the title, I just think yesterday has given Liverpool a little bit of a boost. And remember what Pep said afterwards, how that result's kept them alive. I think he will see it as a weakness in City that will feed through into his team. And I just think Liverpool might just nick it in the end. This is a rivalry of respect. It's mm. a very pure rivalry. It's it's a fantastic technical, tactical, one of the best rivalries I've ever seen. But it, it lacks the, what I would say is the drama and the edge of, you know, where Ray played, the Arsenal against Manchester United, mm. the sort, you know, the flying Impression. pizzas, the, the Keane and Vieira in the tunnel. The real rivalry was Arsenal versus Manchester United. That was a proper rivalry. This is a homogenised, sanitised loving. You know, the fans don't seem to have that much engagement, specifically the City fans from what I can see. The Liverpool fans are built from a certain type of stuff mm. and the managers sit there admiring one another from afar. Whereas the other one, which was Wenger versus Ferguson, there was no loving. There was no like between the players. They fundamentally disliked one another. We listened to Martin Keown talk about it on Friday, about how much there was distaste and real dislike between the players. There was also contempt and disdain between the two managers. And then there was the feeling between the fans. When before have we ever had a, one team going for a quadruple yeah. and one team going for a treble? You know, you, you can go back over, over history. And yeah, obviously the Arsenal... Manchester United, Wenger, Ferguson, all the dimensions within that, the, as you say, the off-field stuff as much as the on-field stuff. I feel this football that's being played right now is the best we've seen from two teams at the top of the league. Even when you're talking about Arsenal and Man United, you couldn't say they were the best two teams in Europe. Now, after the weekend's defeat to Everton, Manchester United have zero passion, according to a supporter on TalkSport. Moni Moni Simon Jordan has stated that if the club employs Eric Ten Hag, he will face the same problems as Ralph Ragnick. Unless, of course, real change occurs, then he won't. But first, here's Danny Murphy, claiming the interim boss is out of his depth. I don't think that the plays intimidated the players. Uh, my gut feeling is that we just struggle with the level of expectation. I don't know what's coming out of his mouth. I feel sorry for him. He's, he's, he's out of his depth. And if anything, he's too nice. He should, be, he should be throwing the blame solely on the players now because he's, he's done anyway. The players' performance in that game was poor, again. Lack of direction, uh, lack of intensity, lack of pride, lack of quality. It was a really, really bad performance and, and another one. Not, not you know, just a, a blip. This has gone on week in, week out for too long. These players spend more time 
with energy off the field, with things that they're trying to correct. Marcus Rashford correcting people's perspective about how we, what's going on with him behind the scenes. Cristiano Ronaldo correcting people's perspective of what happened to him with the fan, they're actually doing it on the pitch. It is as much to do with the players and as much to do with a management structure behind the manager. I don't care. Eric Ten Hag will walk into this club unless he's given a better framework to work in, yeah. he's going to suffer as well. That's true, yeah. He's going to have the same problems as well. Fish. If the whole framework of Man United isn't root and branched. I've never seen, uh, in what, 46 years I've been watching United, a team with less passion, less intensity and less drive. Now, then we've got to look at the recruitment, Ray. Look at the money they've spent. We spend just as much money as City. Look who they've bought and look who we've bought. And now we're talking about bringing in Den Haag. Every manager who's come from Ajax has done nothing when he's gone elsewhere. Everything at Manchester United goes back through Joel Glazer. I've heard stories of people in power at Manchester United who have said to people in the morning, I'll get back to you in the afternoon because he has to go, he has to go back and see when Florida wakes up you know, what, what the decision is back, back in America. And that's not a way to run a club like Manchester United. I'm talking about small decisions sometimes, not big sure. decisions, I'm not talking about managers, talking about small decisions. So the club doesn't function at any level. And I think, I think personally, the money they've had, the amount of money they've got, the amount of money they've spent has masked the problems there for a number of years and it's catching up on them now. It really is. On now to Burnley and here's Jack, an Everton fan on drive. Discussing Sean Dyche, claiming he's one of the best managers around and he'd have him at Goodison Park tomorrow. We've spent 700 and odd million, however much we spent, and we're garbage, right? Sean Dyche, uh, how much has he spent at Burnley to keep that, that club in that top division for that long? Right, you'd have your Guardiolas, you'd have your clocks, you'd have all these people who have open checkbooks. This fella surely deserves a medal for even being where they are. It's one way of looking at it. Would you have him at Everton? I'd have him every single day of the week. Every day of the week. All these managers we've had, Silver and all these managers coming in, I take Deitch and an art every single time. I think one thing about him as well is, I bet if you ask Burnley fans, I bet they're always proud of their team. I bet they don't you know, go away wanting to slate them in terms of their effort and the fact that since 2016 they've been in the Premier League qualified for the Europa League um, in one in one season and like you said with some of the same players that were there years and years ago and still you using them and still improving them and developing them players the prime examples Adam Lennon that fella when he against us it, honestly that lad the way case of the lad and it's, it's non-stop I, I don't know how old he is now but he's past his best years and he but Deitch is still bringing a tune out the fella I, I just hope that one day some big club give him a go and just see how see how he does. I know it won't happen because you have all this tick attack and stuff now. But honestly, the, the fella, it's, in my opinion, is one of the greatest managers in the Premier League history for even keeping that club up there. Honestly. And here's the England's women's captain, Leah Williamson. Speaking ahead of their World Cup qualifier with Northern Ireland tonight, Williamson said... She's looking forward to the responsibility of leading the Lionesses. I don't think I ever looked too far ahead anyway. Um, just always chasing the next goal or the next uh, selection or game. Um, so, yeah, I feel, like I said, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but also understand the responsibility and, yeah, no point thinking about what could have been or what will be and just trying to live in the moment. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Now, this Sunday's episode of My Sport in Life on TalkSport sees Paul Coy in conversation with the legendary promoter Barry Hearn. Barry, of course, has been at the heart of sport in this country for decades and he's played a huge role in helping to discover some of our most loved sportsmen along the way. Here, Barry tells a story about his first ever meeting with boxer Chris Eubank. Sounds nothing like him. You're simply the best When you talk about lucky things and you say, well, you know, BBC putting snooker on the telly, Steve Davis walking in to my life, and then all of a sudden Len Ganley, the great snooker referee from Northern Ireland, phoned me up one day during the, the World Championships and said, there's a kid up here who wants to meet you. And I said, oh, who's that? He said, his name's Chris Eubank. He's a boxer. I said, yeah, I've heard the name. So I said, yeah, he said he wants to meet you. I said, well, I'll set it. And Len set, set the meeting up. And I'm waiting at the, uh, the hotel in Sheffield. And this enigma swans <laughs> into the room. I, 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 to this day, I can't tell you. I mean, I'm in awe of sportsmen, right? I'm in awe of anyone who's got special ability. If they're a tiddlywink player, I'm in awe. But the presence of people sometimes changes. There are certain sportsmen and women that when they walk in the room, the lights go on. And I don't think I've ever seen such a bright light as this kid who's had about nine fights, who's never won anything, dressed nicely, but not elaborate but had a swagger and his opening lines were hello mr hearn i am christopher eubank i'm an athlete and i know my worth <laughs> and i have just fallen in love with his kid and of course you can hear my sport in life with barry hearn this sunday at 9 p.m on talk sport now on to the only four letter sport that begins with a t yeah golf and is rory mcelroy all that well yes he is of course he is he finished second in the masters behind scotty scheffler Pulling off, arguably, the shot of the tournament on the final hole. However, Adrian Durham thinks the shot was a fluke, even though he was obviously aiming for the hole. How many times out of 100 would Rory McIlroy hold that? Are we re- I'm asking you, you the question. You are on the biggest wind-up <laughs> ever. I'm asking you a question. If you say to me 100 times out of 100, fine. But if you say to me, like, I don't know, three times out of 100, that's a bit more like it then we'll know that there's a huge element of luck because we also know that... Yeah, probably five, five out of a hundred that he right. can hold that. 
Well, that proves my point, doesn't it? You know as well as I do. Yes, he's gone for it. In his mind's eye, he's pictured exactly what he wants to do, and it's happened, and it looks amazing. And, of course, we're all euphoric, and he was euphoric after it, and that's fantastic. But the reality is there's no way he could absolutely measure that to the point where he has nailed that precisely. There's so much luck gone into that. You've got to give him credit for the things he deserves credit for. But that is luck. Oh, Isn't poor. it? That is poor from you. Eh? Isn't that it? That is poor. No, he's aimed exactly where he needs to aim it so it falls down the hill and goes in. It's a magnificent shot. And he'll, he'll have read all of that before he takes the shot. So only five times out of 100, he, he nails that. So what are they? Bad shots all the time or just bad luck? No, you, no, you no you've, well you've, got to, you've got to get everything right. The pace, the distance, the... Oh, no, no. Because if the, just imagine there's a little lump of sand goes with that ball and it affects the bounce when he's on the green. That is a non-golfer talking. Well... That is what that is. Uh, funnily enough, I have actually hold a shot like that. Not on the Masters greens, I know. But I did, and I was amazed. On Blackpool Pleasure Beach. No, no, no. It was on a nine-hole, and, and I was so amazed, and I thought, it's never going to get better than this, and that was actually my last ever round of golf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to nail another one of those. So I've got a 100% record with those. He hasn't, and neither have you. That's ridiculous. But I, I can't I take you seriously. I know how lucky that was. With that, with that comment and that shirt, I can't take you <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the Talks About Wherever You Get Your Podcast from. Of course, I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show at 4 pm today alongside Charlie Austin, building up to Real Madrid against Chelsea in the Champions League. It's the quarterfinal, it's the second leg as well. It's live on TalkSport, presented by Adrian Durham. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.